We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. If you've been around church, you would have heard the word gospel, or you would have heard the word good news. The gospel is Greek translated to English to good news, and it describes who Jesus is and the work of Jesus. Mark 1 verse 1, I think we've got that verse. Mark 1 verse 1. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. And it goes on to say, it began. So basically what uh, Mark's saying at the beginning of the book is, hey, this is the good news of Jesus, and for the rest of the book of Mark, I'm going to tell you what the good news is. And the good news describes the life and the work of Jesus, how God himself came down to eternity, came to us to give us life, to die on a cross, to raise from the grave. And uh, it isn't just good news, it's the best news. But if we hear anything for long enough, we can get a bit used to it. I don't know if we can get used to good news. I've gotten used to good news before. And sometimes we don't just get used to it. It has so much a bigger impact. It has so much greater revelations, benefits for our life than we even understand. And so this season, we're not complicating the good news. The good news is really simple. But I believe sometimes it has got so, such a greater meaning, such a greater impact than we ever realise. And so we're just going deeper. We're just digging deeper and uh, we're focusing in, we're going deeper, that we'll have a greater understanding on the good news of Jesus. That's what we're doing. And I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. God, I thank you. This is your church. This is your word. This is your news, God. And I pray uh, at the end of this time together, everyone will have a greater understanding of your love for us, your victory for us, your plan for humanity. God, you know every person here, God. You know not just what we want, but what we need. And we just invite you to speak to our hearts, speak into our lives. Have your way here. Be Lord. And we focus in, give us expectation and hearts to hear. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, a few weeks ago, I talked about how the cross is love, how God is love. And I'm just going to quickly read the passage we used in 1 John 4 verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God is love. It's not just uh, who he, what he does, it's who he is. In his very nature, God is love. And then the Bible tells us that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. It tells us that Jesus exactly reveals who God is. And, and so that means if God is love, that means Jesus is love. And more than that, the Bible tells us that they're one. That through Jesus the world was created, they are together. And so God is love, Jesus is love, they are one. And then in this verse in 1 John, it tells us that the cross, that Jesus giving up his life, is real love. Because who knows, there's a lot of love thrown around. The word love is thrown around a lot. And, but John here, the author, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, hey, real love, real love is the cross. And so God is love, Jesus is love, and the cross is real love. And then we're called in Matthew to lay down our lives, take up our cross, and follow Jesus, which could equally be read, take up real love. So we've got God is love, Jesus is love, the cross is real love, and we're to take up this love. Sounds great, but what on earth does it look like? (laughs) 
Because I said before, we've got a, I think we've got an issue with love. You just got to go down the street and you'll hear the word love thrown out a bunch of times. You go into the, the hotel, oh, I love this steak. Oh, I love the game of footy last night. I love my kids. And it's all, all aspects of it. But it's thrown around a lot. And sometimes what we experienced of love isn't a great example of what love is. Perhaps you were meant to be in what was meant to be a loving relationship, maybe with friends, family, uh, parents, partners, and what you experienced was not as much love. Maybe it was more hurt. Maybe it was more painful, betrayal, even abuse. We've got a problem with love. But John here describes the cross as real love. And uh, the Greeks had a few words for love because it was that complicated. The first word they had was eros. And that's where we get the word erotic from. And that's more of a lust than a love. And they had another word uh, called storge, which is what I call family love. You just love them just because. My brother, you just love them just because. Even if they get pain in your neck, you just, you just got to love your family. You just put up with them at Christmas. You just, you just got to do it. Then they had another word, phileo, which is more of a friendship, even relationship love. And it's based on common interests. It's based on treating each other great. It's about how we treat each other. It's a common love. You might share interests. And it's a great, it's a great form of love, but it's conditional on how the other person treats it, the other person. And then the, the word where that describes God's love in the Bible, like in the passage of 1 John, is agape. And it means, and it's only used to describe God's love for us. And it's an unconditional love. It's a love that God has for us even when we have the worst week ever. It's God's love for us no matter what. It's how God loves us and it never changes, it never leaves, it never forsakes. It's a perfect love from God to us. Nothing dependent on who we are. Every other love we have in our world is dependent on something else. I love the crows less than ever when they're losing I love to say you love your family 100% in every moment, but there's times that are tricky, aren't they? My daughter's just been climbing out of a cot, so she's in the bed now. And I counted 18 times from 7 to 7.30, she got out of bed. I love her, but oh, it's a bit tough. It's a bit tough. All this other love we know is conditional, but God's love is unconditional. And whenever we read it in the Bible, that's the love. That's the love we're called to take up, agape, unconditional love. But I've learned that words aren't enough. You know, we know of words, but what does it really mean? You know, recently I was doing a study on the word rest. Because I, I, I had a bit of an understanding, but I felt like I didn't really fully comprehend the entirety of it. So I had to go deeper. And I think this word can be a bit like that. This real love, the cross is real love. What does it actually look like? Yes, yes, we know, we know God loves us. We know we're meant to love each other, but we've got just a, such a, a different view on love in our world. It's like, where do we even start? So that's what I want to look at today, is how do we love each other? How does God love us? And I want to use it by looking at the cross and the life of Jesus. Because if the cross is real love, that's where we've got to start to understand what this love is, how God loves us, how we love each other. So we're just going to be looking at the cross a bit in the life of Jesus just to maybe unpack a bit what this love is because often I think it's very different to the love we experience in this world. 
And the first thing I see in the cross is humility. You think, I think we'll find a lot of these words, uh, they're not trendy words in our world. <laughs> no one's saying, hey, let's be humble. There's no songs on the radio written about humility, is there? It's, <laughs> in Philippians 2, verse 6, it says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. God himself humbled himself to come to us. He humbled himself. You've got to remember that Jesus and God are one. So when Jesus is on the cross, God isn't sitting back in heaven saying, okay, fix the problem. God isn't a bystander in the cross. God and Jesus are one. So God himself came to earth. God himself came and laid down his life. He suffered. He was tempted, betrayed, ridiculed, killed on the cross. You know, the cross in those days was a form of humiliation. It was used by the Romans to humiliate the Jews. He came in humility. You know, the best translation of this word, humility, in the biblical text is to bring low or to make low. In, huma in humility, Jesus came to us. He came to our level. He came to our place. He came to the cross to take on our sin and meet us where we are. God, God didn't say, hey, you need to do all these perfect commandments, get everything in the right standing, and then we can have restoration. He came to our place. He came to our situation and not to look for personal glory and not to seek our honour but to meet us and love us. See, humility is more of an attitude, isn't it? It's how we, how we see and value other people. You know, Jesus loved us so much he came to our place. You know, you look at the life of Jesus, he had time for all people. He was, he was spending time with the tax collectors. They were hated. They were working for the Romans. They were stealing money, adding on interest. He was spending time with the prostitutes. He was spending time with the lepers, who no one could talk to, no one could touch. He was spending time with the children, the children. The Gentiles, the Samaritan woman, the centurion, you name it. Jesus came to everyone's place. More than that, Jesus valued so much. He, he came to our place to give up his life. And not for a moment was Jesus forced to die. Think of the miracles of Jesus. He's feeding 5,000 people, probably more like 15,000, 20,000 with women and children. He's raising dead people back to life. I think if he wanted to, he could have gotten himself out of that situation. But he humbled himself. He laid his life down. He took sin and death upon himself so we could have life. All of Jesus' work was him coming to us, coming to our level. God himself, God who through the world was created, divine, perfect, above all, all-powerful, came in complete humility to us. Real love is humility. That's what we see in Jesus. So what does that look like? I think it's how we approach God and how we approach each other. You know, Jesus taught in Matthew 18, come as children. Come as children. 
those who humble themselves as a child will be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And I think you need a certain level of humility to have faith. Because humility says, I need a God. And if you're not willing to say, I need a Lord, I need a God, you're not going to follow Jesus. You're going to come to a place that says, hey, I I realise that you're bigger, you're greater, your ways are higher. You know what's a great example of humility? Obedience. When God says, hey, this is the way, even though the short-term benefits look a bit more exciting. That's humility. Humility is trusting and security in how we approach each other. And I was thinking about this. And what's humility? What did Jesus do? He loved every person. He just loved every person. Because he saw people as God saw people because they're one and the same. And I'll be honest, there's people that are easier to love than others. But if we can see people how God sees them, God's sons and daughters, He designed them, He made them, He's got a plan for them, He he died to save them. Now, humility is is showing real love. You know, another thing I think it's so evident in the cross in the life of Jesus is servanthood. Uh, Jesus' mission was to restore humanity. The entirety of Jesus' life was serving, living, laying down His life. And Mark 10 says, So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom. Real love, humility servanthood pretty different to the values and the, and the love we see in our world sometimes isn't it for the son of man came to serve for Jesus came to serve you know our world's different and Jesus said it himself but among you it'll be different when you show real love it'll be different you know Jesus illustrated this on the cross he died for humanity to serve humanity. He washed his disciples' feet. He, he, he travelled around speaking, ministering. He didn't have a place, a permanent place to stay. He lived with 12 young, what could only be called punks, those disciples. Imagine travelling with 12 other teenagers or early adult, young adults. And fishermen. No, the fishermen are right. Everything about his life was serving. Everywhere he went, he served. In his mission, he served. He gave his life to serve. You know, when we live a life that serves beyond ourselves, when we value people beyond ourselves, look beyond ourselves, this illustrates real love. These things we're talking about that we see in the cross are so countercultural. That's why it's so, such an incredible testimony when it's illustrated, that it illustrates God because it's so countercultural to the society we live in. Jesus came to serve. Another explicit aspect of the cross is forgiveness. We didn't need to go any further than Luke 23. It says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He is on the cross at this point. And if I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, Jesus... I think, I think they know what they're doing. 
You don't accidentally put someone on the cross. But his heart was forgiveness, his heart was restoration. Real love is restoring relationships. Real love is forgiveness. Real love is letting go. And forgiveness, it's really tricky. It can be really broad. It can be really complicated. Uh, Throughout our lives, we're guaranteed to be offended or hurt. And we're guaranteed to offend or hurt someone else. And the extent of that differs from a, a snide comment to unthinkable acts. And that's what makes forgiveness so tricky. And by no means am I saying, hey, the way you were wronged or hurt, just tick it off, see you later. That'd be minimising hurt in reality. But forgiveness is different. You know, sometimes it's restoring a relationship because of the love. Sometimes it's going on a journey and dealing with that stuff, using a community of faith, losing, using professionals. Uh, sometimes it's letting it go. There's a Bible verse that says, see the best in each other. Sometimes when someone says something, you just got to see the best in them, let it go. Cut it off right then. Sometimes it's losing the hold it has on us. Most of the time forgiveness benefits you more than the one that did anything to you. Because you lose what that has on you. In the cross, God came for us. He, God himself came and laid down his life in perfect love so that we could find forgiveness. And not just forgiveness, but restoration, reconciliation into the family of faith. God came nothing because of what we had done, but all because of his love. Real love, agape love, perfect love. You know, let me encourage you, when you forgive, when we live a life of forgiveness, where we hold loosely, perhaps nothing illustrates greater the love of God. One more thing I want to point out about the cross is, and real love is faithfulness. You know, faithfulness is remaining the same. It's sticking to the goal, remaining loyal and steadfast, remaining true. In his life, in, the, in his death, Jesus was incredibly faithful. On the cross, Jesus fulfilled every prophecy made. He fulfilled the plan of restoration. He fulfilled the plan God had from the start. Even though it was horrific and brutal, Jesus was extremely, eternally faithful. You know, we think of Jesus as doing all this miraculous doing all the miracles and he did but he was the same old same old Jesus his love never changed his mission never changed his presence never changed he always remained loyal steadfast true in Hebrews I said it as we pray before Jesus was saying yesterday today and forever he is so faithful throughout his whole life he never swayed from the truth Throughout his whole life he never promised and failed to deliver he pointed to his death and resurrection he delivered on his promise Real love is faithful. Real love never changes, never leaves. Is always constant and present. You know, God is just as faithful today. God sent the Holy Spirit. And in every season, the Holy Spirit is within us and is with us and has a presence for us wherever we go, whatever we face. God's faithfulness never changes. I just want to encourage you something quickly from 1 Timothy 5 And it says, if anyone does not provide for their relatives, especially for the members of their own household, has denied their faith. 
And I want to encourage you, simply by working, simply by providing for your family, simply by making the family household work, you are so faithful. Sometimes we think the most Christian thing we can do is can get up and preach or pray. Sometimes the most Christian thing we can do is just be faithful to our family. So I want to encourage you, if you're working, if you're at home, if you're providing and looking out for people, you are being so faithful. If you're working that job, you're being so faithful. If you're caring for your kids, you're being so faithful. You are showing the real love of Jesus because he is faithful. I want to encourage you in that today. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. You know, this love we see in Jesus, the humility, the servanthood, the forgiveness, the faithfulness, like I said, it's so different to the world we live in. Our world is so self-obsessed. It's all about getting your own needs. It's about getting even, getting what you earned. It's about leaving or changing if it doesn't suit you. If we can resemble a bit of this real love, it can be so obvious that God is in us. Humility, servanthood, forgiveness, faithfulness. So what does this look like in our lives individually? Well, that's for us to work out. Because it's different. Everyone's unique. So as you just walk in God's love, as you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, He'll lead you. He'll, he'll transform the humility in you. He'll lead you to faithfulness and forgiveness to serve. You know, this love, this real love that's so countercultural, it, it's impossible on our own. Impossible on our own. The verse I read at the start says, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. That tells me that if you love, you know God. That means you can't love without knowing God. It's a necessity. You love like God love and real love only and when you know God. And Ephesians chapter 3 says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength for his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. I don't know if you've got someone in your life and you go over to visit their home and you're pretty comfortable. Now, unless you're really socially unaware, that doesn't just happen. And maybe they're super hospitable and you can do that. But I know, I've got a few people I know and I can enter their home, I can relax, I can get a bit of food. It's like my own home. But it's only for years of building that relationship. If I haven't been to your home, and imagine I walked in, I didn't even knock, I just opened the door and I sat in your chair because everyone's got their own chair, right? I sat in your chair and I ate your food and you were watching... What were you watching? You were watching Antiques Roadshow and I put on the footy. <laughs> Make him a home. It's only when that relationship builds you can make home. And it's a bit like God. As we, as we know God, as we walk with God, he makes home in our hearts. Now that isn't just going to happen. And the roots grow down. Roots, roots take time to grow. So as we live with God, as we walk with God, as we, that's why this Bible reading plan is important because it, 
God's got so much more for you than just this Sunday. As we walk and grow and live with God, his roots grow down deep. And then it says, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ that's too great to understand fully. And because you know God's love, you begin to experience and understand his love. And we understand from teaching, from reading. But it says we experience. And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that happens in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's through community. One of the biggest things God will use to help us understand and experience his love is other people. Sometimes it's peace. Sometimes it's joy. Sometimes it's healing. God will lead us and let us experience his love, understand his love. And it says, then you'll be made complete. I don't know about what you think about this, but I reckon if we went out and asked people if they feel complete, I don't think many would. I think in our world there's always a striving for something new, something better, something different. And that's God. It's His love. Only when we live and know His love, then we are made complete. And I love this next bit. <clears throat> we can accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think infinitely more what could infinitely more be well our passage in 1 John 4 12 says no one has ever seen God but if we love each other God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us so when we live in God's love as we show real love people see God in us the fact that I can walk in relationship with God and through my life people could see God that's infinitely more than I could ask or think that our lives can be a testimony of the perfect Father in heaven. That people who aren't in a place to see and meet God through our interactions, through our showing real love, not love, real love, that they will see God. You know, God's method has almost always been a man or woman or God to bring change, to bring life, to bring love. But it starts as God makes his home in our hearts, as we live in this love. You know, when Jesus came, they were expecting a, a warrior, someone to lead the army and take out the Romans. They were expecting a king. And he was a king, but he didn't do things the way they expected. He was healing the Romans' slaves and kids. He was talking to the Samaritan woman. He was... He was Spending eating with the tax collectors who ripped them off. Now expecting a, a king, but he came in humility. He came to serve. He came to forgive. Not to judge and kill. He came to forgive. And he was so faithful. Now the good news is so good. God's love for you and me is incredible. And I think this good news, you could just keep learning about it more and more for the rest of our lives and it'll just keep getting better and better and better and better. It's the best news. God's love is incredible. And as we walk in that, he's got something more for you and me. And sometimes it'll be a heart thing. As we grow with God, he kind of transforms our heart. Sometimes it'll be a decision. Sometimes we've got to activate that in our lives. But as we live in God's love, he's got incredible things. He's got real love for you and me. And it's going to look so different to the world we live in. And that's why it's so powerful. 
And I just want to finish today. And it talked about experiencing the love of God. And God's love is so great. Like I said before, sometimes God's love is just an incredible sense of peace in the moment. Sometimes God's love is just that sense of community. Sometimes it's a joy. Sometimes it's a healing. Sometimes it's a greater understanding of his victory for us. But it says we experience it, and we experience through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is simply God's presence on earth. Jesus said it's better that I leave so the Holy Spirit comes. What he's saying is it's better that I go so that each of you can have the Spirit of God within you. Because as great as Jesus was, hard time getting him to eat of Burke. But each of us, we're called the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that means God's presence is within us. And God's presence reveals God's love. And God's presence helps us to understand God's love. And God's presence helps us to experience God's love because it's too great to understand fully. And we're just going to have a bit of time here as the, as the band gets ready in a moment. And I believe we're just going to experience God's love in you. And when, when I say that, it's not just getting the warm fuzzies. Remember, God's love is bigger. Maybe you're going to get a fresh sense of God's faithfulness. That even though the season you've been in has been really tricky, maybe the season you've been in has been a struggle, but you're going to know that God has been with you in every step. Maybe you've got so much unknown, but God's just going to give you peace. Maybe you've been praying for something for a long time. Maybe relationships, maybe opportunities, and God's going to give you a sense of security that He's with you and He's working. And the beauty of it is, is, like I said before, this real love, what it looks like is different for all of us. And this is different for all of us. I love Jess's communion before because we'd all be sitting down. We've all got stuff going on. I remember working with a, a teenager once and he was a pretty simple fella. But he said something incredibly deep and meaningful once. He goes, someone's always got something going on. And I'm like, mate, you're right. But despite whatever's going on, whether it's our fault, someone else's fault, just life, it doesn't make sense. God's love and humility comes to us. I don't know how you came in today and what, how you think of your faith. It doesn't matter. God's love comes to you. His love is faithful. His love brings forgiveness. It's an incredible thing. And if we're to even think about showing that, if we're even going to think about doing that real love, living out that real love, we've got to experience it. We've got to understand it. We've got to live in it. For the Holy Spirit within us. So I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to go into a, a song. And I'm just going to pray to each of us where we are, are just filled afresh with the love of God. And I love that because God can meet us all each individually where we are and it's going to be different and it's going to be incredible because we're all in a different place. See, God knows not just what we want but what we need because he knows us, he's in us, he's within us, the Holy Spirit. So God, I just thank you for every person in this place. God, you love them so much. You came to earth for them. You know their situation, you know the good, the bad, the ugly. You know the wins, the losses, you know the highs, the lows, and you love us the same. God, your love is so faithful. Your love is so great. 
Your love is so great. We, we might even struggle to understand fully, but that's why He gave us the Holy Spirit to experience this love. And I pray as we fix our attention to you, this is what worship is. It's fixing our attention on God. I pray that you fill us afresh by the power of your Holy Spirit with your love. Whether that's peace, whether that's strength, whether that's healing, whether that's a fresh revelation, maybe it's just sensing your presence. I pray that we, as we leave today, as we go out into our week, we'll just know that you are with us, that you are in us, that you love us, that you are for us. Holy Spirit come, heaven come.